Welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, big, big weather update today. We got snow in Portland. Uh, it doesn't happen too often. You know, maybe once every three, four years that anything real comes down. But we got it this weekend. Uh, schools already closed, so not a big deal oh, there. Uh, everyone already working from home. Not a big deal. Uh, it's just a little brighter outside. That's all. Beautiful. Brighter and muffled silence. I love the muffled, mm. uh, the muffle that, that comes with the snow. It's just so good. Um, the, the worst email to receive is, well, as a teacher, is uh, <laughs> the, the, the central offices will be closed, but CDL, which stands for Comprehensive Distance Learning, uh, will continue. Uh, that was an email mm. that, was, that was sent at about... 5 a.m. on Friday um, when all of the the snow was supposed to start rolling in and it just all joy has been sucked out of uh, out of education these kids deserve a snow day <laughs> yeah. yeah the amen. superintendent is superintendent's going sledding but you guys got to work <laughs> uh, my favorite I saw a tweet that was from like the Portland Department of Transportation and they had posted some picture of somebody who had cleared their sidewalks, right? They'd been out shoveling and they were like, thanks to everybody out there, like clearing their sidewalks. It really helps your neighbors and people who have trouble getting around. And all the replies to it were like, I just walked past the DOT building. Are you going to clear yours? Like, when are you gonna show up? <laughs> just like getting pounded by replies. Like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, Love how about it. you? Social media so, guy yeah. is, uh, is really taking the brunt of the maintenance guy not doing his job. <laughs> yeah. Social media guy's working from home, so he has no clue whether it's <laughs> no shoveled idea. back yeah, his he office. Has no idea. Uh, so good. Uh, Mike, you're used to the snow, I assume. You know, used to the snow, I would say used to cold. Not used to the level of cold that we've had here recently. It's, I think, negative 10 degrees right now. That's not wind chill. That's just straight up temperature. It's just too cold. Just too cold right now. Uh, luckily, I think we only have a couple more days of this god-awful frigidness before we go back to, you know, kind of regular cold, which everyone can, uh, can deal with. That first day of, like, 25 above zero, and people are going to be in shorts. They're just oh, my God. Like, it's a heat wave. I Absolutely. love those jokes. I love those jokes. I live for them. It's not a joke <laughs> out here. It's not a joke. That's amazing. Uh, how's the skiing going? You've been doing any skiing? Too cold. We were gonna go skiing this weekend, but not about to just go outside when it's that cold, especially with uh, a wife who doesn't do well in the cold. So I don't know how I, how well I would do, but he would definitely not do well. But we do have a, a skate ski lesson coming up Friday, taking a little personal time. So uh, you know, to this this whole pod is basically just an advertisement for next week's cross country skiing update. <laughs> that's excellent excellent i feel like uh your beard should help you out uh last i checked your wife does not have a beard so you're probably better set for that super cold yeah yeah i mean but you gotta wear masks uh now though so that's true. It's, you know it's a yeah. bit of a bit of a push but normally you'd be you'd be spot on there my wife does Artificial not have beards. a beard how are we bit burying the lead here mike mike with a new mic it looks amazing 
Yeah, I mean, let me tell you guys, we got we got the washing machine going in the next door. We just started a daycare center, and they're having band practice right now. And you know, you're not going to be able to hear any of it at home. It's a uh, it's a real game changer over here. Only took 222 Mike I, episodes. Mike and I used to uh, carpool together to uh, soccer practice that we of a team that we coached, and we listened to a lot of Peter Parker on I can't remember the radio station B105 or whatever. Uh, I feel like I, I could call into Mike right now and request uh, Peter <laughs> Parker's top top ten. He's got a very radio look right yeah. now. Peter Peter Parker still uh, still on the on the airwaves in the Twin Cities ten years later. Oh, amazing. Um, I should also say 10? to got to be more than ten. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen, twelve, whatever. You uh, old Mike. Yeah, it's t- two thousand twenty-one. Who knew? Uh, this is episode two twenty-two. I've got this new mic, mostly for Cliff, a little bit for myself, but mostly for Cliff. Cliff, my one um, request, and happy Valentine's Day, Cliff, I love you, is this being episode 222, please, throughout the podcast, take uh, the Rick Ross song, Hustlin', and splice in where they go, 222. In room 222. Yeah, Colin knows what I'm talking about. Just, you know, read us seven times, Cliff, please, if you would. I touch work like I'm convertible bird. I got distribution, so I'm converting the work. Now what they do, you know, it's easy at the fucking balls. Inside the phantom, bitch so big, I probably get lost. How about that exhaust? And my funky Comadina. I make that whole tip so like a ballerina. I'm the Miami fever, in that Miami heat. I've been in Miami water. I'm like a Florida mauler, but I come from the. Colin Smith is in the swamp. All right, I got a long intro today. Get to my. At the, I'll wrap it back to weather at the end. So you just, just hang in there. It, all, it always comes back to weather. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day. Think a lot about those people you love. I was thinking about my father. And uh, one great memory I have him from. And, and also, Palmer, I was texting earlier today about how you have to take the bad with the good in your life. Like, life is mostly shit, and then you get these little brief, fleeting things of good in your life. Yes, yes. And uh, when I was about 15, uh, the factory that my father worked at uh, closed. And so they made these big industrial cranes. It's a huge fucking factory, like multiple football fields. And... Uh, it closes, and obviously that's bad. He's going to be out of a job. But it takes a long time to close a factory that large. And so they're closing, they're closing, they're closing. And finally he says, hey, like, you know, we've sold off everything in the factory that can be sold, but we still need to clean it. you you got to come help me on the weekends to come clean up the factory. And what this means is driving a forklift around this giant factory and taking pallets and shit off the shelves and putting them in dumpsters. Super fucking fun when you're 15, by the way. <laughs> Me and my buddies driving these forklifts, being constantly told, do not tip them over. Always almost tipping them over. Never <laughs> tipped one over, thank God. Uh, super fun, super fun. Had a great time doing that. One of the have to be great licensed. memories of my life. You what? have to be licensed to be driving those things. Not, not in not Milwaukee. When, not when it's a Saturday and it's you, your buddy, and your dad there. 
It's in the rules. It says OSHA. OSHA says Saturday's excluded. Does not apply in Wisconsin. Does not okay. apply. Yeah. The statute of limitations has been, uh, yeah. we're beyond that at that point. Yeah. They weren't drinking. What's yeah. the problem? And when, there were so many forklifts. When they were just we drinking light beer. They weren't drinking real <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. And if they were well, that's drinking. That's what I mean. Beer's, beer's not drinking. If they were drinking, Dan, they were they were uh, with a, a parent. So it's, yeah, uh, that's okay fine. in Wisconsin, <laughs> <It's> right? <laughs> <laughs> God, Wisconsin's amazing. But also they were like, uh, maybe like, you know, like when you go to a, maybe like a golf course, there's like, I don't know how many golf carts, there's like 40 or something. It's like that with forklifts there. So like when yours would die, you just get off of it and leave it just like wherever you were. And you just walk back to where all the other forklifts were and start up another one and go. So we did that. That was super fun. Did that for a few weekends. Um, And my dad, also we were like throwing all this shit away, but then you know, my dad especially kind of had this personality of like, oh, this could be saved. This could be useful. Like, I'm taking this home. And he kept... It's a good palate. Yeah, he kept two things that I think are still in my mother's house. One, he called the Bam Bam Bat, which was about a six inch by six. Think of like a, a four by four, like a, you know, a piece of wood, but like wider. So like maybe six by six, maybe two feet long or maybe three feet long. But then also had like, somebody made a handle. So it was like a bat, a square bat that was just massive, super heavy. And it was for one of the machines that was like heavily greased up and would slowly work its way out of alignment. And you'd have to smack it with this thing to get the machine <laughs> to get back in alignment. So we had that in the basement uh, when I was growing up. Never found a real use for it around the house. Except that, <laughs> I was going to say Except that he loved his, he loved this joke and would had did it to at least all my friends at least once, where my dad would like to play pool. We had a pool table in the basement. And my dad would play pool with us, but he was not that great. And so if you the first time you beat him in pool, he would go back to the workroom where the bam bam pat was kept and come back and act like he was gonna you know beat your ass for beating him in his own house with the bam bam bat. <laughs> Definitely remember him doing that to Keevan Sperry. Um, I thought you were going to say he was going to make people play pool with the Bam Bam Bat. As their, <laughs> as their the cue. Bam Bam Bat you, is like 35 pounds. Like you can't hold that with one hand. Like, yeah, I don't know exactly. how you would play pool with it's it. It's a lot harder to keep it, isn't it? <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> and then the other thing he took uh, from, the, uh, from the factory, which is something that I need this week because I sent you guys a picture of my gutter, which is uh, encased in about four inches of ice right now was this giant ice scraper, which is not really an ice scraper. It was used at the factory for scraping steel, like molten hot steel off the floor before it hardens. So you, you know, uh, so, you, you know, protect the concrete floor. And this thing was like solidly, I, I was 15. This thing is like solidly 75 pounds. And I remember that winter, you know, it was just sitting in the garage. And then my dad's like, hey, go break up the ice outside. And you know, we had the regular ice scraper, which weighs five pounds. And I was like slamming it and slamming it out front and it didn't work. And he was like, no, use the one from the factory. And I could pick it up like maybe eight inches off the ground. Like when I was 15 years old, I was like 4'11", 85 pounds, not exaggerating. And I could pick it up like eight inches off the ground. I did that and slammed it down because I've been slamming this other one. I slammed it down through the ice, cracked our sidewalk straight in half, you know, down to the dirt underneath the entire, all the yeah, all the way through and just like looked around. No one was there, obviously. Uh, and was like, oh, okay, this thing is legit. Did my job. Got out, got out of there. Never told anybody about it. So 
that sidewalk block in front of my mother's house probably still cracked. Uh, <laughs> but now when I have these these problems outside of my house, I'm thinking, I, I really don't have a tool for that. I need I need the 75 pound molten steel scraper. Yeah. If you ever come across one of those, that is way more useful than the Bam Bam bat. It turns out. <laughs> That is a wild tool. Who produces? They're like, we need a tool for scraping molten steel off of floors oh, of factories. 100% in-house made. 100% a custom job. You can tell by the craftsmanship. It's just <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's like they're it's in a factory where they're making giant machines out of steel. They made it. So it's like the scrap. Make a yeah, small it's like, yeah. That's why it's so overdone too, right? That's why it's like. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, we could use that. It's a, it's real icy in Portland. I could use a ice, a, a bam bam, ice bam bam. Yeah, you need the ice bam bam. I think the shipping cost on that is about four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> bam bam scraper. We'll just wait until Monday. It'll melt then. It's fine. <laughs> um, we got th- this week was record breaking for emails. By my count, we got 12 emails from Raymond Roscoe alone. Uh, they came in spurts. We don't care how they come. Four at a time, 10 at a time, as long as there are 12 of them. Uh, just abs- prolific from Raymond. Uh, and we shooter. got some others. So I think yeah, in total, like 14 emails this week. So buckle in. Uh, we got emails, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not much of an NBA fan, but I feel like Raymond Roscoe was definitely the, the James Harden of uh, emails this week. Just getting shots up. <laughs> all from deep. All from MVP. deep. Um, all right, before we get into the, the Raymond section, a couple quick hitters. The first is from George. Uh, it just says, in case Dan has a craving, and then links to a site where you can order State Street Brats. Um, Dan, you going to do this? Have you already done it? I haven't done it. I'm, I'm pretty loyal to uh, Johnsonville Brats, so not sure I'm going to get these State Street Brats, which are um, of varying composition depending on what color you want them to be. Mm. I'm actually not sure I've ever had a brat at State Street Brats. <laughs> uh, what does intrigue me is that on the same website, you can also get the uh, cheese curds, Ooh. and that, that just might be the move. I was going to say, do they ship Long Island iced teas? I've definitely had Long Island iced teas from there. I don't know if you can get those through the mail. I think the USPS does not allow that. Yeah, you might have to just make your own. Are these fresh or fried? Mike, that is the question, fresh or fried. They are fried. Um, I'm, I'm really a fresh guy. If anyone that's been around Madison in the summer on a weekend, uh, you go down to the farmer's market around the square, you get those fresh cheese curds over on the far side, over by the Monona Terrace. I forget, is that uh, that might be MLK over there. Over by MLK, there's the stand. They've got the fresh cheese curds. You grab those. Uh, you stroll around. It's just, there's nothing better than a, an amazing, fresh, fresh cheese curd. In a pinch, you know, I'll take straight streets, brought, straight state street brats, fried cheese curds. That yeah. would be fine. I mean, I I think I've been told by two, maybe three people on this pod that, that fried cheese curds aren't really even cheese curds. Just, you know, I would say a controversial statement, but uh, this isn't the cheese, cheese curd podcast, so we won't we won't rehash that here. Real cheese curds squeak. That's all you need That's to know. That's right. That's exactly right. I've f- I've heard you can actually get squeaky cheese curds in Oregon uh, out at the Tillamook factory, Ooh. but I've not been there yet. So uh, Palmer and I may be going fishing out that way soon. So maybe we'll we'll have to stop in. I went there with my brother once. It was uh it was nice. Yeah. 
Didn't get any cheese curds. All right. Next email uh, from Pedro. He says, my creative juices are still a little bit low after his email last week, which uh, we didn't get to. We're not going to rehash that, but Pedro just came in hot with an incredible email uh, with names of teams in MLS based on their labor history in their city. Uh, and he wants to know which were the favorite names that he proposed. Palmer, do you remember any of these? Do you remember your favorite? I can't remember any off the top of my head, but uh, the I New remember York two. The New York one I really liked because it was the double stars. Stars. Yes. stars. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That one. Uh, that one was good because I feel like it was it was sneaky enough that we could uh, get it under the nose of of the of the suits and yeah. have it have it be a nice little double entendre. Yeah. Um, uh, we had that, the Chicago Wobblies. Favorite. Yeah, the Wobblies was good too. It was good. Yeah. And uh, I like go ahead. Seattle Strikers. Yep. That yeah, was the one strikers. that was the, like mwah. that was so good. Yeah, Seattle Strikers for me is the is the is the keeper of the bunch or, or the uh best soccer team name. The other ones also, you know, you could name other fran- franchises for, but that Strikers one has just the, the beautiful soccer tie in. Yeah. I think we also all loved Miami Agents, referring to uh CIA <laughs> agents and uh yeah. the US's, you know disgraceful history in the global south and the ties to Miami. Yeah. That was that was pretty good, Pedro. Any email that talks about the global south is going to be a winning email on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah, we also came up with some some fun ideas on our own. I don't really uh, remember them, but just love the idea of renaming MLS teams based on, you know, local professions or local labor history. Uh, this was a good one, Pedro. So, Sorry that it's mostly lost the time. That's my fault. The Milwaukee forklift drivers. <laughs> Un- underage forklift drivers. <laughs> unlicensed. Unlicensed. Definitely. It's it's like, uh, you know, one of those teams that's like, they, they just have a huge acronym in front of them. And like their, you know, their full name is, you know, athletic club, blah, 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 blah. And, and the full name of that team is the 15 year old. Miller Lite drinking forklifters of Milwaukee. <laughs> also want to give a shout out to Jeff Swick. He emailed last week about uh, how many how many amateur level soccer players, uh, a.k.a. Carson Gorkies, oh, would be required yeah. to beat Man City. I think we came between somewhere between 20 and 30 was, I think, the number that we came came to. So uh, that was another great email, Jeff. And uh, yeah, you know, audio happens. So sorry we didn't we didn't get to put that one out. I think the the broad strokes were two to one might be tough, but three to one you start crowding yourself out, so that's that doesn't work. Uh, so yeah, between twenty and thirty is about right. Yep, yep. That was yeah, just just really some great emails. I mean, honestly, it's usually not a big deal when uh, when we don't put a pot out. It's usually just garbage. But uh, last week, you know, it was it was a shame. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it was a real shame that we didn't get the pot out. All right, out. can we move on? I know I fucked up, guys. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Easy, Ryan. There's no, there's plenty of blame to go around. My audio was also bad. Uh, the difference between you and me is I went out and did something about it. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's actually not true. I'd, I'd already, I'd already made these these purchases pre audio fucking up. But anyway, uh, all right, moving on to the Raymond section of the emails. Um, all right, so his first email uh, was just a link to. Uh, 
90 minute video podcast with no link or comments. I wasn't going to talk about this, but somebody kept it in the run order. Uh, so I assume somebody wants to talk about this. I'm looking at you, Colin. It wasn't me who wanted to keep in the run order, but I will say about this. I'm assuming Ray sent this to us because uh, last week I did make some comment. Although, how do you, isn't that the one that got lost? I don't know. Uh, about whether uh, our content, uh, whether what we were doing made any sense to do because we were, we weren't a YouTube channel. We were just a podcast. And so he sent yeah. us a YouTube channel podcast, basically. Oh. Uh, and uh, we're just, like we're just not good looking enough to have a YouTube channel except for Palmer. So, you know, you're just not going to get it. We could just do the, I mean, zoom allows you to pin a yeah. single person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just Palmer, just Palmer's face with the rest of us talking the whole time. I feel like, like there's, it would, it would be that prob- cat. That's what I would be. <laughs> <laughs> the lawyer cat. Palmer, Palmer and three, three cats. <laughs> I feel like there's there's probably a way either through a, a cat like uh, zoom filter or just like some kind of uh, you know thing that we can build that maybe Cliff can build if it doesn't exist where we just have four Palmers and then one of them has Palmer's voice and the others we just sync up the lips moving and the audio Deepfakes, for all of yeah. our voices and then we just change our name to the Palmer Thread Podcast. Yeah. Oh God, don't do that to the world. It's done. <laughs> It's already done. Cliff's already working on it. Thanks, Cliff. All right, next email. Uh, the Club World Cup final was on Thursday. Bayern won. Bayern won the sextuple. Uh, only the second team to ever do that after Barcelona, I don't know, a decade ago. Or maybe 15 years ago. Who knows? What is time anymore? Uh, Raymond says what he'd really like to see is a tournament for clubs uh, that play other clubs of similar budgets. Uh, he kind of brings up like MLS teams versus the cha- the English Championship. Um, I love this idea. I I think you know we already have the Champions League. I want like we've got the Europa League. I want us to just keep on going, just go like twenty thirty levels deep. Um, what kind of tournaments, international club tournaments, do you guys want to see? I mean, I think you could do it like the Club World Cup, but the question is how you split it up. Right. So. Europe has the Nations League and they've got different brackets and that's all based on like some type of ranking. But there's also, um, you, there are algorithms out there that rank leagues, right? Yep. So you could bracket leagues by their uh, their ratings. It's based and, on yeah, rankings. Just, Nations League's based on rankings to start, but then also how you did last time, right? So it's right. like if the MLS team won the second division club world cup whoever whoever qualifies from the mls next time goes to the real club world cup and i i like the idea of keeping this at club world cup size not europa size because uh quite frankly uh the competition that's most like this right now is Concacaf champions league Concacaf. i really did that one different uh, <laughs> that's good Concacaf. philadelphia uh, <laughs> adding in accents Accents on letters that don't uh, exist. Um, but yeah, but that doesn't, no one really gets up high that for that, right? So you can't like make a whole third one that, that is going to be a bunch of games and people are just not going to have that interest. But if you keep it tight and it's just like two or three games or whatever, it'll be interesting. I, I just love the idea. I mean, you know, I think we've all kind of talked at various points in the podcast history about the champions league and how there's only you know a small subset of teams that can actually win and uh 
you know, as as fun as it is, I'm sure for players at you know Anderlich or whatever to go play Real Madrid and lose four nothing. I would just much rather see you know a tournament with Anderlech and some championship teams and some MLS teams and you know some teams from whatever Argentina or Colombia that all have similar budgets. Throw them all together and just see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree. We don't need you know a forty team tournament. We just need eight teams, and it, it could just be a lot of fun at least to do once. You know, maybe you don't need it every year. What would yeah, you could, call? Yeah, could also be a fun like Club World Cup style. Also, is a uh... One venue, yep. so like you yeah. could do it with the one venue, those eight Knock teams, out. and it's over real quick. Yeah. What beautiful. would you What would you call this tournament, Mike? Whoever sponsors like it, issue... Palmer. It's just you know the Citibank tournament, cream, uh, the Apple tournament. Fair. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, what Colin is talking about is like the the dilution of the product. Like if you think about all of the college football bowl games, and like none of them matter until the last two or whatever yeah but i think like um, the fans you know they still show yeah. up usually so like the fans care even yeah, the if the fan, neutrals don't really the fans care. of those the fans of those two teams and then maybe some degenerate gamblers that like to like absolutely degenerate gamblers the over of the uh you know tire bowl or whatever <laughs> with a y but you see yeah. you still see like uh even though they've been doing it for years now, the international was it the international champions cup or whatever the uh, yeah the preseason thing preseason thing yeah, yeah that still draws fans and interest. Like, what if yeah. those were meaningful games? And you know, I mean, sure, it'd be it's better when it's Real Madrid, but still, if it was, I don't know, a big Mexican team, Chivas, uh, Boca, um, you know, whatever, that would be great. It would be. Uh, yep. So. One little wrinkle, though, is that actually the Club World Cup is not a competition between leagues. It's between confederations. Like, each confederation sends a representative. So if you were going to do this, like, as a sub-tier of the Club World Cup, you'd have to figure out how to find the sub-tier within a confederation, right? It's not actually between leagues. Uh, I just do it between uh, leagues, and then it's, like, uh, kind of like in uh, in the... In the qualifying for Champions League, you can like qualify as FA Cup champion, or you can qualify, at, or maybe that's Europa League, or you can qualify as as the first, you know, three spots. If someone else goes to that, then an extra spot opens up, right? So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're, you know, blah blah blah. So if you're at the Club World Cup, you're not going to be at our um, Citibank um, Blockbuster Bowl. <laughs> I love it. Game stop. Uh, Beautiful. Great idea. Great idea, Raymond. All right. Uh, phase two of the, the Raymond special. Uh, in, he says, in your opinion, what is the even economic game changer that is dramatically going to change MLS to be cl- become a globally competitive league? Uh, Colin, I feel like this uh, yeah, is please. one that you'd want to get your thank hands you, on. Thank you for throwing that to Colin, Mike. This is an obvious answer, guys. The answer is the TV contract. It's this is an open and shut case. I don't, you know, I can't predict the future of TV contracts and how that's going to work with Netflix and Amazon Prime and blah blah blah. But I love how Palmer has left the. the Palmer's like this <laughs> isn't this one's not for me. Palmer's like, if you're uh, not you. talking about weird rules in MLS, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go do dishes. I need a, I need coffee, guys. This is gonna this is gonna put me to sleep. 
but yeah, it's a TV contract. I, again, I don't. I think that means something different than it did 20 years ago, maybe. But if if MLS can figure out this next wave of how you're going to make money off of your product being broadcast to people around the world who don't live near your product, uh, that's how they are going to make money, right? That's how they're going to make more money than uh, Liga MX. They're never going to make more money than Liga MX. Well, maybe they will eventually, but about putting butts in the, in the seats and blah, blah, blah. Like that's always going to be at least close. But if they want to be globally competitive, it has to come from people in China watching the game. It has to come from people in India watching the game, people in South Africa watching the game. Um, I don't know how to do that. I'm not a media mogul, but that's that's how you get there. I read this question as asking like what rule change or like salary structure change would change it. And that was going to be my answer. Like none of them, right? Because you get rid of the luxury tax and then maybe you get one team that gets bought by like a Saudi prince and they, you know, pump money in, whatever. Like, but that's not interesting and that doesn't really do any good to the league. The issue is absolutely the money in, right? Like you can change the salary cap, change whatever. But if the money's not there, if nobody's watching, it doesn't make the product better. Yeah, so, the idea um, is, I think their idea right now is just like slowly grow the product better until the point where it becomes globally relevant. And I don't think that's a terrible strategy, um, especially in the face of you know, kind of like what happened with NASL uh, 40 years ago or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, whether they can pull that off or not, I think is yet to be seen. I mean, I, I do think uh, one thing that's, I don't know if this qualifies as economic game changer, because it's maybe more of like a playing game changer, but if MLS can can start bringing in like world-class players at their prime, and I'm thinking like someone who's above, like a kind of a tier above like a Giovinco, like a guy who's actually playing at a big club uh, and, and start bringing those guys consistently to MLS... Um, I think then at least it can become like a more globally relevant league, whether it's kind of competitive on the pitch is another thing. But I think that's that's kind of like the next step for MLS is to take, you know, uh, I don't know. Some, yeah, like I said, some guy who's above Giovinco. I mean, Alexander Pato going to Orlando <laughs> isn't doing it for you. I mean, all jokes aside, I feel like uh, they're on MLS has been trending the right way on this, right? David Beckham was a globally global icon player, but obviously way past his prime came to the league. And then, you know, since then you've seen G like the Giovinco type player, um, players with like more legs left than Beckham, um, but maybe not global icons coming. And then also the young players who are not quite there to like superstar status, but have the ability to become one. And yeah, I mean, certainly trending the right direction before Beckham, you never would have seen a Giovinco type player. So, uh, it, it is, I agree with you. It's just the next step, but I wouldn't say it's like, I don't know the way I read this email from Raymond was kind of like, I'm an MLS fan and MLS is fucking up and we're never going to get there. What do we need to do to fix it? It's like, I'm not sure it's broken next necessarily. It just takes time. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, think about how far, MLS has come from from where it started. Like, I feel like it's it's a lot more legit than the days of one v one penalty shootouts. So, just a different kind like, of legit. Just a different kind of legit. <laughs> and like, guys, the minimum salary or that the minimum salary was like twelve thousand dollars, fifteen grand, or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's like that's that's a whole different 
type of league, right? That's like in England, that would be the fifth tier or whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, next email. Raymond says, where do you guys place Diego Simeone amongst the greatest managers of, of his generation? Uh, Atletico Madrid uh, cruising towards their second La Liga title under him. A couple heartbreaking losses in Champions League finals. Uh, yeah. Where do you guys put him, Dan? I'll let you start this one off. Uh, I was a little surprised to see they're cruising towards their La Liga. They're five points up. They do have a couple games in hand. Uh, it's a little early to call this one for me, but uh, I appreciate the going out on a limb. Uh, I I like Diego Simeone as like, you don't have a lot of kind of one club guys these days. So I do like that. In terms of, is he like a generational great manager? I think it's hard to tell because he's only been at one club. Like, can he go do it somewhere else? I'm not sure. Like, we just don't know. We don't Has have that data. Has he even ever played in Stoke on a wet Wednesday night? <laughs> he, or managed. He could at the at the Citibank Cup. Like, he's done well with Atletico, obviously. And we always think of, like, Barcelona and Real Madrid as being the, the giant clubs in Spain. But, like, Atletico Madrid is not some poor team that he's somehow managing to get results out of. Right. Uh, transfer market actually has them overall club value higher than Real Madrid right now. I saw that. So that like, is these laughable, are not, in my opinion. I mean, look, I'm just saying that there is some way that you can put them in the same ballpark. Like, they're a super club. This isn't some slouch club uh, that he happens to be teasing results out of consistently. This is a super club. Uh, so I think he's a great manager. You can't take that away from him, right? Like a, a manager can make a club, whatever the saying is 30% worse or 5% better. He's probably closer to 0%. Like good for him. That's an accomplishment as a manager, but, um, it's really hard for me to say if he's generational best or if he's just found a good spot or if, you know, consistency, which we don't see, like maybe that is just consistency and that's paying yeah. dividends. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay, so then broaden this question. Who are the top, who's the, the that, that elite group of like five or six guys from this generation? Pep has to be. Pep has to if be. You, if you Dumb. guys say Mourinho, I'm going to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to say. It's an interesting one. I wouldn't put him in there, but. Three, three Champions League? Three wins. Champions League, all at one place. He's also had some pretty low lows. I but mean, same uh, thing as Simeone, one, yeah, club, one club, it's a super club. Is he really doing anything special or is he just filling the seat? Yeah. I, I mean, you could say the same thing about Pep. Like since he went, since he left Barcelona, like Bayern, they just, they win no matter what. Like, I think, you know, most good managers could have gone there. City, they were winning titles, you know. They're not as keeps many. Them winning titles. Not as frequent. They didn't have a, they didn't set the Premier League points record before he got there. Uh, I mean, I, I think Pep is, is, is in the elite group. I think Klopp is in the elite group as much as it pains me to say it. Um, I think he's still the last non-Bayern manager to win a title at, in the Bundesliga, which is like 2012 now or something, right? Yeah. Um, and he had won back-to-back titles there. So I think with time that even like his performance at Dortmund looks even brighter. Um, like right now they're struggling and they have – you know what from the outside looks to be like great players and they still aren't putting it together the way Klopp's teams did. Um, and obviously at Liverpool brought them a title, I mean, a champions league too, but the title that they had been missing and missing and missing. So 
I, Can we go back to Mourinho a little bit, though? He's obviously had trouble recently. The results have not been there. But he did win a Champions League at Porto. He's won Champions Leagues yeah. and league titles and trebles well, trouble, in different yeah. places. That, I mean, I mean that, was, that was 12 years ago, Dan, or 20. It's, I mean, still, it's still on the resume, uh, isn't it? When, he, when, he retires, when he retires, it's on the sheet. Right? Yeah. Like, it's there. Yeah. He is, is for he, me. He is for me. Not right I agree now. He's though. not at his peak anymore. He's past it, but he's he's yeah. in the in the top five for me. I'd agree with that, but now he sucks, and he's just. A- <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's now in his um, Rafa Marquez playing for the Red Bulls phase. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Bring him. Bring him to MLS. Let him just put him out to pasture here. Are, are there any other guys who we think should be in the conversation before we go back to Simeone? can't think of any other I mean I think I think we mentioned you know Klopp for sure Mourinho uh but I I think Simeone is definitely in in the conversation of with these guys I think that yes we're not it's not fair uh just because he's been at one club we don't have like that that resume that the other guys have but what does that say in terms of of Simeone just in general to be able to stay at one club. Like we, we all see these guys that move, they essentially just kind of, you know, we, we talk about how managers have a shelf life at a, at a team, right? Mourinho especially, and his is uh, currently um, in fast forward, right? <laughs> overdue. Yeah. Uh, way overdue. It's expired. It, it it's is expired. spoiled. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Pep has a shelf life with his teams and, and his teams tend to like, you know, hit a peak and they can't really continue to play the style that he wants to play and then he has to move um and and you know i guess zidane whatever i guess we haven't we've not seen that yet but um you know simeone's been there forever and like i think that that is also uh, when you think back to some of the greatest managers of all time like alex ferguson stayed at united and was great at united for a really long time and he was able to adjust with like the generations and change the style of football and still be successful and still win trophies. And I I think that that it has to be factored into the to the conversation. So yeah, I, yeah, I buy that because Simeone's been through different eras of that team. Like yeah. I'm not sure that his style has changed a lot or he's like revamped his tactics. But like he gets new players in, he sells players on, and they just keep doing what they're yeah. doing. Like yeah. it's it's not like he hit the perfect balance of a team for three years and capitalized on that. Like which is how I feel about Zidane a little bit. I, I definitely rate, rate, rate Simeone above Zidane. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I think also if Simeone had won one of those Champions League finals, this is like a no brainer, and he was yeah. so close. Yeah. I mean, as close as you can come to winning a title, those those Atletico teams were. I think also like we've seen in the Premier League and Raymond brings us up these big teams that have these one or two seasons where they just really dip. You know, Arsenal's going through it now. Chelsea went through it a few years ago. You know, United's had seasons where they're like out of the top five. And, you know, we're not La Liga experts. Maybe La Liga's it's it's easier for big teams to stay, you know, in the top. But Simeone in the past, I think, eight years has been top three. So, you know. Even as his teams haven't necessarily won as much, like they've stayed at the at the top, they finished above Madrid and Barcelona years, um, I, and yeah, just like in the Champions League, yeah, every year. Yeah, I mean, I and, think and, you also have to take into account that like we're talking about 
La Liga, which means that we're talking about Messi and Ronaldo and their complete and utter dominance. So it yeah. was the, the the conversation was never will Atletico win this year. It's always going. It was always going to be. Was it going to be Ronaldo and uh, Madrid, or was it going to be uh, Barcelona and Messi? And you know, he still managed to like, you know, find his way into that conversation, which I think is also impressive. Yeah. All right. So there's one guy we, we've. I think when we talk about uh, a big part of uh, rating a manager is that he can do it on multiple levels or multiple teams. There's someone we've forgotten here who's Vicente Del Bosque has won at the club and national level at the highest high. I mean, you can argue he's the generation before if you want right. to. That's right. He's, he might he's be a, the, he's the Ancelotti generation. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, two Champions Leagues, a World Cup, and a Euros. Like, oh, yeah. I don't I think mean, that's a, a resume anybody else has. Yeah. I think he's just the previous generation. That's the only reason I'm not buying it. You got that World Cup with Pep's players though. I think though this is why like I don't buy the I don't buy the Zidane argument. It's like there's always great players that are that are together on a team and you still every competition only has one winner, right? So you could say with Del Bosque, like, wow, he coached some incredible Real Madrid teams. He got to Spain right as they were peaking with this generation of talent. All he had to do was just not screw it up. But like that I just don't buy that. It's so hard to win championships at the highest level and to do it multiple times. Like you're clearly doing something right. Yeah. Are you saying that tactics matter? I'm not saying tactics matter. I'm just saying man management is important. Oh, it's the man management. <laughs> so here's my theory on Simeone and why he's still at, uh, at Letico. I think he feels like the kind of guy to me, he's got a favorite restaurant, a favorite booth. <laughs> he's got a spot. He's there twice a week. He's not moving. He's staying. It's darkly lit. It's over in the corner. He, they maybe bring him through the side door. Like it's too good. He can't. He can't leave that. Yep. He's got to be. There, and during during COVID, like they just send the chef to his house every every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just he's comfortable where he is. Why mess it up? That's yeah. yeah. Don't fix it if it's not broken. And it's also kind of the thing where it's like, uh, it, some of these guys who you feel like are just like maniacs for soccer, like purely mania- maniacal in their love of the game. And not the attention or even the trophies, maybe, you know, and he just like has a, you know, ideal of how he wants to play. And and he feels like Atletico, he has the control to be able to impose that vision. And if he went to whatever, you know, Chelsea, che- I was exactly what I was going to say is like Chelsea manager spots always open uh, Chelsea. <laughs> then, you know, I don't know how much control am I going to get and will they really sign the guys I want or blah, blah, blah. And And do I have the time to implement what I'm trying to do? Yeah, And I think he he intimidates, if you're like a business person who runs a soccer team, I think you're intimidated by Simeone. Like not only everything we just said about him, but like him as a player, just also just a complete, complete bull. And I think you're just like, you know what? I'd rather just have to deal with, you know, Thomas Tuchel or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> not intimidating it's going to be a lot easier to fire Thomas Tuchel so let's just I'm going to be firing this guy <laughs> eventually so. that's that's probably why he's still at Atletico they just like they keep bringing him in for the, the conversations and they're just like uh, great job yep third place really good <laughs> <laughs> better luck next year Diego he walks in he doesn't even say anything he's just wearing an all black suit he walks in <laughs> sits down 
They get scared. They don't fire him, and he walks out. Yeah, never yep. says a word. Yep. Comes in, sits down, smooths out his tie, just looks you right in the eyes, dares you to fire him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last last email from Raymond. Uh, this this Palmer just letting you know this is coming to you, and you can't say Spurs. Who is having a more disappointing season? Liverpool, Mike. Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal. I'm going to throw United in there as well after their their draw this morning. I oh, United can't be. United, are second. United <laughs> cannot be in this conversation. Uh, Don't tell me I what think, I can't do. So I am not going to say Spurs, uh, even though they are fucking terrible and depressing to watch. Um, Currently I, behind Aston Villa in the table. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean. That sucks, but I don't think it's, <laughs> it's, it's not Spurs. Like we weren't, I didn't, I was not anticipating us winning the league this year. I think my prediction at the beginning of the season for Spurs was that the, the football was going to be fucking terrible and depressing, which it is. Dick. And we're going to win a stupid cup. We're going to win a stupid trophy. Um, and Mourinho will continue to stay and will like expand his, or uh, renew his contract forever and ever. Um, because he'll be like, we, I brought a trophy. Can you answer uh, the question? Anyway, so, sorry. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying Spurs. Um, I think the, the, quest, the answer to this question is Liverpool. I mean, I think we started the season, Klopp was saying that like, we're, you know, this isn't a, a rebuild, it's a reload or whatever. Um, oh no, we're not defending anything. Um, something along the lines of, of that. And, and they've been really bad. They've dropped really bad points. Obviously they've had a ton of in- injuries. Um, Allison has ha- I'd, has been taken over by uh, what's <laughs> possessed Boris. by a spirit. Yeah, uh, it, like the the blunders that he's making are just horrendously bad and hilarious. Um, <laughs> just add them to the uh, Australian um, the A League <laughs> the A League uh, the A season highlights. Boy, <laughs> they are they are. <laughs> on that level um so i think the the answer to this question is liverpool they've been really bad they're struggling to even stay in the top four right now um, yeah. so yeah do you agree yeah i think versus expectations i agree it's liverpool chelsea probably second uh they didn't put as much expectation on themselves probably but they had a huge off season and it just hasn't come together yeah uh, and they had to fire a manager yeah, club legend. Yeah, exactly. But I, I agree. I think Liverpool, we expected to be, you know, a uh, a real dominant powerhouse, and they're just not. Colin, do you, do you agree? I know you like piling on Liverpool. I would, you know, I, I like the answer of Liverpool, but I'm going to go for Arsenal here. Uh, they had big win today, which got them leapfrogged Leeds into 10th, Leeds down to 11th. It's big top so half of the half, table. Baby. Top half. So they're into the top half now with that big win. Um, yeah, I mean, just that kind of, that's been, they're the lowest uh, on the table of the teams we're talking about. Um, they've looked I awful. Mean, there, there's not are... really, you know, too much bright going on there. There's yeah. no excuse. They're not like, um, you know, the Chelsea rebuilding or like a lot of new guys is like really have been disappointed by Obama Yang who, uh, you know, just signed a big new contract and hasn't really done shit. So, uh, I I would say Arsenal for me, but uh, you know, all of these are good answers, really. Arsenal in tenth, but they're only six points out of fourth, so it's not like 
I mean, saying that they're in 10th makes it sound a little worse than it actually is, I think. Uh, it's very tightly packed in that bottom of the top. Yeah, but that section. also means, like, if you you can't win a couple games and suddenly be in fourth, like, those teams above you are also probably going to win a couple games because there's six right, of them. Right in there. Right yeah, in yeah, there. yeah. Oh, I understand. I, I got to go with Chelsea. I feel like, I mean, memory's hazy, but I, I felt like Chelsea were going to be t- title contenders this year. You know, they, they did pretty well last year under Frank for the first year. They brought in some young guys with talent. I was like, Chelsea has got what it it seems like they were well positioned to kind of, you know, kick on and, and at least be in the conversation. And not only is that not the case, but they've I feel like they've just had some shockers. And I feel like with Liverpool, they've got the, the injury excuse. Arsenal's Arsenal. I never really expect anything out of them. But, you know, Chelsea's, they're good for a title title every now and again i thought this was going to be their year yeah they did spend think, a ton in this offseason yeah. on guys who have done pretty much nothing so yeah. i think when we we when we did the my favorite pod when we talk about who won the transfer market we said that chelsea definitely <laughs> yeah. did a great job during the and you know it's only just goes to show most transfers don't work out so. <laughs> Actually, so we did that preseason, and we said Liverpool, obvious odds-on favorite. Yeah. I had Chelsea pushing them, and I thought Man City were going to fall off because Pep was going to get stale. So we know smart. pretty smart. Yeah. That's, why, pretty that's smart. why we got that Heineken money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, those are the emails. Uh, we didn't have time to go through all 12. I think we got to five, which is frankly pretty good. I think uh, you know that's the most emails we've ever you've ever read from a single person so the bar has been set soccer thread at gmail.com if you want to go for that record get in there some soccer united this morning sunday morning dropped two points against west brom uh a big sam special he looked a little upset on the sideline not to be getting those three points west brom had the chances they had chances laid on they really should have stolen this uh united though i mean like we just said maybe disappointing palmer wants to put him in that bucket um whether or not I isn't don't. that what you said? No, he said yeah, he oh, Mike wanted to. I wanted Mike to put him in the bucket. Mike, Mike I did. I, I had yeah. a great conversation with a coworker uh, this week where we were talking about the Super Bowl, and you know, basically came up that neither of us really watched it. Uh, we we're both soccer fans, and he's a United fan, and we just spent fifteen minutes talking about United and and Ole, and uh, I'm you know, I'm excited to get his thoughts on on Tuesday about this week. Don't think Did he's going to be happy. Uh, did you recommend him to the most authentic pod in in uh, in the U.S.? I didn't. I didn't. Um, we'll see. We'll see how the next conversation goes. <laughs> I I'm sorry for mixing up Mike and and Palmer there, yeah, but you know we've on only done name. 222 podcasts together, and I still got, get you guys confused. So <laughs> it's just two average white guys, uh, similar no- just, similar noses with with the mild, mildest takes. Mid, these mid thirties voices—they all just sound the same to me. Both love a vest. Uh, <laughs> is uh, so United. Let's put aside whether or not they're disappointing. I think we would probably agree they're not. But dropping points, City now uh, six, eight points ahead at the top of the table. Uh, six, seven, seven points ahead at the top of the table. Game in hand. City's to lose. Write it off. Is it done? Simulate yeah. it, uh, Colin. Crown them. Crown them. I think this is the week we can now crown them. Uh, you know, I think this shows that uh, United. We we always knew they were flawed, but I think now maybe Leicester is the most likely team to finish second, or 
you know, challenge in, in air quotes for first. Um, Braj, Brendan Rogers is uh, in there. What what which generation is Braj in? Ooh, I was gonna say what generation is Big Salmon? I mean, he's done it in so many different teams. <laughs> I feel like Big Sam's been around forever. He's got to be 120 yeah. years old. He has no generation. 120 years worth of wine in him. Uh, <laughs> Well-aged. Braj, Braj needs to win some things outside of Scotland before he can be an elite manager. But uh, he he's having a great year there. I think they're at least as good of a team as United, you know, or at least as, as likely to, to, to finish second. So... Basically, what I'm saying is neither of those teams are any likely to finish first. This is City's title. They've won 14 in a row or something like that. Um, they are on cruise control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if the result against Spurs yesterday shows anything about like what City can do to a mid-table team, um, you know, City's, City's going to win this. Oh, yeah. just a real casual self-Spurs jab in there. I love it. <laughs> Um, Spurs and Everton played a very outstanding game. This was not in the Premier League. Uh, this was FA Cup something round. Who knows? Uh, 5-4 in extra time to Everton won, didn't they, in the end? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. On a, goal, on a lovely goal from Bernard. Yeah. That, it was supposed to be going winner. out in the January transfer window. He stuck around and saved us in that one. But, I mean, this Palmer and I uh, both watched this game. We're texting back and forth. Both thought our teams would lose. Uh, someone had to win by definition because it was a knockout competition. Um, I'm happy it was my team, uh, but you know it didn't really inspire any faith. Uh, I think either way in, in our in our teams, it was just nice to have soccer that was uh, nice to look at for once. Yeah, this I mean, it, fun. it wasn't the most nice to look at. I mean, both of these both of these teams like did their their level best to try to lose this game. Um, but there were some, there were some nice goals and it was, for me, it was nice to watch Spurs with like the handbrake off. Like it just seemed like they were, they were a lot more open, which obviously ended up in them conceding five goals. Um, and the defending was probably shit, but the fact that they were able to kind of push forward, uh, they went down three, one at one point and, uh, were able to peg back, um, and then and draw it twice, uh, which I thought was was great. Um, that was and so midweek I was like, this is this is a team that I actually enjoyed watching. Like the result was disappointing, um, but it seemed like maybe this could be a moment where they like maybe try something a little bit different. And then you know, on Saturday against City, they concede all of the possession and uh, they were back to just like terrible, joyless Spurs. So Yeah, but that's against uh, City, yeah. It, it, I know, I understand that, but like it's still, you know, it was fun to watch this team play. Yeah. And that, that was enjoyable to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, you know, no disrespect to, to Everton. Everton's like a good team, but... You can't beat Everton playing that way. You're not going to try and beat City playing that way. I I 100% agree, Mike, but we're not beating teams playing the other way either. So <laughs> Let's just remember that uh it's always fun to look at. It's always good-looking soccer when you've got Hugo Lloris in goal. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
just put that bit to bed. Um, Everton go on advance. They will play City in the next round. Colin, you ready for that one? That's a wrap. That's a wrap on us in the FA Cup. I, I said this to Palmer already, but you know, it was this game was like uh, we it was nice. We both had fun watching it, but it doesn't matter who wins because neither of us are going to win the the tournament. So. To get City in the next round is a blessing in disguise. We'll get out of it, get out of the tournament quickly and not have to waste too much energy. I mean, Carlo is a notorious cup coach. He's definitely a better cup coach than league coach. I'm excited to see what he comes up with. I agree. I fully, like Palmer, when Palmer describes uh, Mourinho and is like so dour about, oh, we're just going to win one trophy and have disappointing league results and blah, blah, blah. And, I'm thinking in the back of my head being like, I wish Carlo would do that for us. Like, we win one trophy. That'd be <laughs> fucking sweet. That's bullshit. That like, is bullshit. That's bullshit. You would be what? happy. You were enjoying watching Everton play f- football this season. Are you not? Oh, yeah, definitely. As much because, as Colin so can you enjoy were, watching sports. Yeah, as much as I can enjoy anything in my life. If, um, if Mourinho was, was managing your team the way that he is managing us, and oh. you would get a trophy out of this, you're saying that you would enjoy watching this team. You give me a guaranteed trophy? Uh, sure. Yes, I'll take, Cup, I'll take it. I'll take it. Like meaningless year? bullshit trophy. I'll take it. Yeah. That's guaranteed bullshit. trophy. I'll take Palmer, it. Life is, is life is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the international champions cup or whatever, but an FA Cup or whatever. Oh man, I would take it. I would take it. Well, FA heartbeat. Cup's off the table. FA Cup is <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, I know. Table. That's what I'm saying. It's like right now, Marine, your uh, preseason prediction about Mourinho is looking very uh, shaky. Like we got two, we, yeah, we got two more trophies that we can chase. Yeah, but my point is, uh, if if we got if Carlo brought us a trophy, we can have, you know, we have years where we finish fourteenth and twelfth and whatever. We can have a bad league year, uh, as long as we squeaked a trophy. That would be fantastic. We we also just have to mention Carlo's celebration for the fifth goal. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> just just turns away and takes a sip of coffee. This incredible it was very, stuff. Just it that. was very uh, Larry Bird in, I think it was, they were playing the Bulls. Was it the Bulls? Uh, Larry Bird, when he when was the coach of the Pacers, they hit like Reggie Miller hit like a wild uh, buzzer beater. The entire stadium behind him goes berserk and Larry Bird, no emotion. It's just yeah. amazing. I mean, it's it, for me, it's just Carlo is one at such higher levels. And that's not to say he's, I mean, clearly, I think he's competitive. He still wants to be there. Otherwise, he wouldn't. Uh, but it just, just shows that, like, this doesn't really do it for him. Yeah. And he's like, there's no fans there. He's like, whatever, you know? And I, I, the, the, also the the juxtaposition for Everton right now between Carlo being the the manager and then his number two is Duncan Ferguson, who's like, <laughs> you know, a number nine club legend guy who just bleeds Everton. And Full is of emotion. still thinks he's playing, basically. Like, literally, he still <laughs> yeah. wears boots, like, on the t- sideline, everything. Yeah. And he's, like, every time that we score any kind of decent goal, he's, like, hugging Carlo and going nuts. And Carlo's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> I was like, where's my... Dun- where- Duncan celebrates enough for both of us. Where's my yeah. cappuccino? And yeah, at the, for this, after this uh, match, uh, Carlo didn't show up to the press conference. He sent Duncan Ferguson in this in his place. <laughs> Like, he's like you you just do it like i don't know i mean maybe that maybe the coffee is just really good i mean you know we we all know that italians care a lot about their food and maybe carlo after the game is just really enjoying the coffee he's got like a little biscotti 
And uh, maybe that's just how See, he likes to celebrate. I did not think it was coffee. I thought it was beef broth. It looked like it was like a cold. <laughs> oh, like, please. You think, you think Carlo is drinking that garbage? Come on. Come on. Hey, I don't know. Carlo's repurposing that meme. Uh, you think extra time winners are good? Have you tried this cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the FA Cup is into the quarterfinals. I'm ready to pay a little bit of attention to it. Uh, Everton, Manchester City. Colin's got City going through. Uh, Mike, Bournemouth, Southampton is an interesting little matchup. Who do you have there? Yeah, a little South Coast derby. I mean, Southampton, like this this year has been so weird. And Southampton are, I feel like, quietly doing pretty well after a few years where they've been flirting with relegation. They seem like they're they're quite good now. And Bournemouth, obviously down in the championship so I, you gotta take saints but you know you never know with a with the derby i'd just like to say southampton has lost five games in a row well do i watch soccer no <laughs> how, how could we expect mike to know that uh palmer leicester manchester united i'm gonna take i i think i'm gonna take leicester here i think that they're playing really well and uh Braj is gonna want a trophy obviously not gonna get in uh uh, the EPL trophy, so got to go for one, and I, I'm going to take Leicester. I love it. This feels like Vardy will come through, score a goal or two. Yeah. Uh, that leaves Chelsea, Sheffield United for me to predict. I'll take Chelsea. Uh, Ooh, Chelsea, Leicester. Semifinal, Palmer, Chelsea, Leicester. Uh, let's go Leicester again, since I'm on this Brendan Roger train here. I, they're right. playing really well. They are playing really, really well. I don't disagree. Um, I like them a lot. Uh, Colin, Manchester City and Southampton. Uh, yeah, City. Duh. Mike, that leaves you. City, Leicester in the final. Let's let's stay on the Brad's train. Nice little uh, cup final counterattacking genius. Vardy gets you know gets a goal in the 84th minute, uh, and then gets another one in stoppage time. Do nothing. I love it. It's the managerial, uh, not relegation, the managerial uh, generational matchup we've all been waiting for. (laughs) Sim it. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, We're at about time. You guys happy with that? Sounds good to me. How long have you guys been recording? (laughs) An hour and two minutes. All right, I'm I'm good. We'll see (laughs) if it saves. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Thanks, Cliff. Cliff. Happy Valentine's Day, Cliff. Bye, guys. Bye. Bielsa was just down on his haunches, and that man's got some yeeks. Woo. It's a paleo workout. I'm on a, I'm on a pod full of professionals. I'm just still recording on my phone here. Prolific. Ooh. Uh, the difference between you and me is I went out and did something about it. Uh, last week, I did make some comment, although how do you 
Isn't that the one that got lost? I don't know. Quite frankly, Philadelphia. Concacaf. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blockbuster Bowl. Purely mania- maniacal in their love of the game. Can you answer the question? Sorry, with the mild- mildest takes.